0: Are the band singing again? Good, because I just stuffed them up, didn't I? (laughs) Where's me guitar chords? How are you this morning, good? Uh, (laughs) Uh, Tell the truth. Yes, almost end of the year, eh? Time to fall into a coma for about five weeks if you're a teacher. Um, this week marks the end of, I think, I haven't been here, so I'm making it up, correct me if I'm wrong, um, about three or four presentations on man versus wife or, or relationships or marriage, am I warmer? Is that what's been happening? I looked at the only one that also hasn't been here for the last, I think that's what we've been looking at. You had Traf Fisher last week, eh? How sensational is he? He is so good. He's the full bottle on this stuff. I wish he was here this week. Anyway, you got me. Too bad. All right. Poke in the eye, I've called it. A poke in the eye. Here's a little quiz just to get us started. Let's say how you go with these little babies here. Question one. The number of people getting married in Australia is? Is it A, declining? B, increasing? C, remaining about static? Or is it erratic from year to year? And we can't really put a figure on it. The answer is actually we are increasing slightly From 2011, the number of marriages in Australia has risen. Just the last 12 months, there's been a little bit of a dip down uh, once again. But from the stats from 2011, from the Bureau of Something, um, they report that it's actually increasing. There's a little difference between Christian divorce rates and non-Christian divorce rates. True or false? Not bad odds. What do you say? True. Latest research has it out of the states that it's actually false. That there is a marked difference between the retention marriage age rate, sorry, the marriage rate. Than non-Christian. In other words, the latest books are telling us that people are actually getting divorced less and less. Oh, sorry. No, that's wrong. People who are in a Christian relationship get divorced less than those in a non-Christian relationship. So if you've heard The opposite. If you've heard that, well, there's not really, there's not really a whole lot of difference. Then you're about ten to fifteen years behind the latest stats. To better divorce proof a marriage or serious relationship, what do you reckon? Wait until you're grown up. Get a good education. Seek expert advice or seek financial independence. Which one do you reckon? Someone said none? Are you married? (laughs) Truth is, it's all of them. It doesn't mean that you will... Divorce proof, but you will better give your relationship, i.e. your marriage, if it's a marriage, a better chance of survival, and that's not exhaustive, but there's just four points. Maturity has a big thing on it, remember the old teenage puppy love thing, juniors, fall in love with each other and then two weeks later they're stabbing each other ah, remember that <laughs> remember when i was here at school you see the couples walk past the window and then 10 minutes later they'd be chasing each other one with a dirty big stick Man, I, um, wait until you are grown up perhaps maturity has something to do with it that's what the research is telling us. What about get a good ed- education? It seems indicate, and, and, and Jim, perhaps you could, you're a counsellor, perhaps you could uh, qualify this. A good education, this is what research is saying, gives us a better chance of having a relationship that is longer and lasting. That's what I'm reading. Jim's a counsellor. Seek expert advice. Um, remember at school when um, you had a question <coughs> about something that was pretty heavy. Who'd you went and? See? Who'd you went go to talk to? You went to your mates, didn't you? Didn't they have good advice? Huh? Oh. Eh? Yeah, let's go to school. It'll be fun and safe. Seek financial independence. No, look, we'll just live off love and pencil shavings and fresh air. That's how we'll do it. We'll be right. It's actually the four of them are actually four points that if you want a relationship to have the best chance of some kind of survival long-term, then there are four points you might like to consider. How about this one? The basis of a successful relationship is which of the four? the basis of a successful relationship Relationship, serious relationship, marriage relationship. A, communication. B, respect. C, honesty. Or D, love. Hmm? What do you say? That one will drive the rest. If you have a look at um, literature 20, 25 years ago, most would have answered communication. If you have a look at the literature that has been and the research that has been done on marriage and relationships, John Gottman being uh, one of the, um, the guys from the States, I don't know, what is he, about 75 now? He's a bit of a guru when it comes to relationship studies. John Gottman says that when it comes to the glue for a relationship or marriage that's to be long lasting and solid and balanced and respect is the operative word when we get married and we jump into a relationship it's really really exciting when you get married or 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 you got this serious relationship and and and, and the heart's beating and, and, and you're standing taller and, and you're walking with a with, with sort of a, a spring in the step because you're in love. And, and, and with with every relationship, you have certain desires that you would like to see fulfilled in the relationship, you can't help it because they're just the desires that you have. And, and, and when it gets more serious, when you're talking about a serious relationship, when you're talking perhaps about a marriage relationship, you start communicating about the desires that you have and you start talking about things like, well, you, you know, when, 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 we, when we finally commit, we want to live in a house. We want to live in a, in a nice house. One that's probably nicer than that. And 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 we can have two stories and maybe maybe we could have a nursery out the back. You know what I mean? Because because one of the other things we, we, we talk about is is we're gonna have kids, you know. We, we need to discuss how to have because my desire is to have kids, you know, and I want ten kids, you know. What about you? Well I only want two. Well, we need to come sort of, you know, let's let's average that out, let's say eight. And we start talking about kids. You know, we start talking about building a family and and, and how big the house has got to be to accommodate for that family. Because this is my desire to to actually have a son and a daughter. And and maybe not a daughter, maybe I want four sons. It's my desire to carry on the family name. We talk about having kids the desire that I have ultimately in this relationship that I'm building with you. And, and, and we talk about things like, and we, we start to work out things like, well, you know, my mum used to. And, and, and we start talking about division of labour in the family, you know, the jobs that you'll do and the jobs that I will do. And Well, well you, you see, my mum used to and, and my dad used to and, and, well, I'm just expecting you to do this. That's my desire. I'll do this and you do that. And wives, you girlfriends, you sit there, oh, this guy's awesome. He's so organized. He's already starting to think how it's all going to pan out, even down to the jobs that he's going to do and the jobs that I'm going to do. We start talking about stuff, about how we're going to pull it all together and 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 maybe one day we'll drive one of these. You know, that's my desire. That's my plan. Why don't we we save our dollars and and save up, and we can we can maybe drive one of these. Even that color would be good, wouldn't huh? it? And you have all these plans that you you're making. These desires, and you bring them into the marriage, and 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 what are, what are we gonna what what are we gonna do? You know, as far as who's gonna do that. Yeah, because my mum and and well, you know, my dad and 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 then there's things that men, perhaps. There's things that well, this is the kind of stuff perhaps that my wife won't wear to bed. And she, she says, "Well, it's, you know, it's pretty comfy," and and she's expecting you to respond by saying, "Well, I just want you to be comfy. You know, I don't really care what you look like when you wake up in the morning. I just want you to be comfy." And she's thinking, "He just loves me anyway, no matter what I wear." And 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 and, and this, how are we going to spend our time? Where are we going to go for holidays? And what are we going to do with Christmases? We'll have Christmas with your parents, and then the next Christmas we'll have Christmas with, 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 with your parents, and then the next Christmas we'll do this, and, and and friends will, will first of all, what we'll do is, well, we'll um, my desire is why don't we just, you know, sort of, Uh, hang off a bit and spend a bit of time together, you know, so we get to know each other, you know, real good and we, and, 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 uh, you know, we go on holidays together and, and, and perhaps we spend, you know, uh, three, four years just by ourselves, you know, and, and then, and then let's fit in some friends, you know, and we get some friends and you got your friends and, and, and I got my friends and maybe we, we combine the friends or maybe we don't combine the friends and we make sure the friends, you know, stay apart, but, but, but you start and think about what is my desire how my calendar is going to look what's the desire of how how we're going to spend our time together and you have an idea and you bring it to the relationship and when you walk down the aisle you both walk down the aisle with a bucket full of desires. You see, the thing that's common between the male and the female, whether it's at the altar or whether it's at drive through Hungry Jacks or whether it's in the playground because this is a serious relationship, what happens is, and you can't help this because you are you and I am I. And you have your desires to bring into the relationship and she has her desires. And my mum used to do it this way, and my dad used to do it this way, and the boy, well, this is my desire for my partner. And, and the girls, well, this is what I'd like to see happen uh, you know, with, with, with my partner, the boy. And you both bring into the relationship a bucket full of desires. But what's at the centre of those desires is... good if I went the right way, were not it? I, at the center of the desires that you have for your relationship is I. Why? Because it's easy to be you. You see, you woke up being you. You didn't wake up being me. Everybody's saying amen to that. But you woke up being you because being you is very easy to be you. Because wherever you go, you take you with you. And it's easy to be you. It's natural to be you. So it's kind of natural that you would have desires to take into a relationship. Whether it's a premarital relationship or whether it's a marital relationship. But the issue is that as you walk down the aisle, as you wait in line at Hungry Jack's drive-thru, you have two people that have their own desires and their own thoughts and their own plans and their own imaginations for this relationship. So not only do we have one eye, but we have two eyes colliding. And somewhere, and sometimes it's like after the I do, and sometimes it's waiting at the traffic light before you get the Hungry Jacks, or sometimes it's five years later, or sometimes it's 10 years later, sometimes it's 20 years later. If these desires are built constantly and supported by I want, or I desire, or I imagine. And what happens is sometimes imperceptibly desires begin to turn into expectations. And when desires morph into expectation, then we have a real challenge in the relationship. For you see, that's how my dad used to save. That's how my mum used to save. This is what dad used to do when he'd come home from work. This is what we did with our money. So, this is what I expect will happen with our savings and our time management and our diaries and our jobs at home. And this is what I expect from my marriage. This is what I expect from my relationship with my new partner. Some of you are sitting there thinking, Whoa. and we all are in danger of transforming our desires. There's nothing wrong with having desires and hopes and dreams. But when our desires and hopes and dreams begin to transition to expectations, then potentially the relationship is in trouble. Why? Because with an expectation, that's exactly what it is. I expect you to perform like this. I expect you to measure up. I expect you to spin faster. I expect you to duck lower. I expect you to jump and I expect you to jump high and I expect you to jump here. Meanwhile, the other partner in the relationship was saying, well, you know what? I had my desires as well. And when I came into this relationship, I had my particular expectations of how things would go as well because that's what a good husband does and that's what a good wife does and that's what a good boyfriend does and that's what a good girlfriend does. So I have my expectations as well. And when the expectations do not sink, we have an issue and we have what we call a number of effects on the relationship that can transpire. Number one, you can cut. You can say, huh, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I expected. I expected him to act a lot differently than that when it came to time management. Meanwhile, he's thinking, well, I expected her to come to bed and something not like that. Notice the example that I picked for boys. Think about it. And I expected this because my dad used to. Yeah, well, I expected this because my dad used to do this for my mum. And that's what I expected. And it can get to the point where, Oh, that's it. I'm going to cut. And you know what you do? You do this. And you walk off with your little basket of expectations. You transfer them back into your basket of desires. And you move to look for another relationship. So you can dump this into the next relationship. That's one way you can deal with it. A lot of people deal with it that way. Cut, run. And then there's the divide and conquer. That's another way you can deal with it as well. You can actually do the whole conquer thing. You see, you and I will have no problems at all being able to rationalize why we think these are viable, and why they should be in here. We can come up with some great arguments. Why these things should actually turn into, uh, these desires turn into expectations. Because they're your expectations. But with the conquer way of dealing with it, you usually have one of the partners who is dominant, uh, dominant. And the other partner becomes more submissive because the dominant partner says, well listen, um, let me just go through these expectations with you um, The reason why I think this is because and 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 with this here, you know what I think I think and they beca- they come up with compelling arguments to the point where you go okay 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 I get it I get it and you know what it's just easier for me to just go along play along, and I will just live under the expectations of the dominant partner. But if you live under the expectations of the dominant partner, I have no research to back this, but it appears that it wears off. And it will usually wear off late 30s, around mid 40s. You might put up with it for a decade or two or maybe three weeks. But sooner or later, you get tired of doing the push-ups. You get tired of trying to jump the bar. You get tired of meeting the expectations of the other partner. And the game begins to wane. And the whole conquer idea of how we're going to sort through this and and live out a relationship becomes a challenge. Not for the dominant person; they think it's fantastic. Oh man, this is just what I planned. This is just what I thought it would be like. This is fantastic. Man, she can jump high. Man, he can jump high. Huh. Fantastic. You know. Ha. Huh. My dreams and my visions, my desires, look, they've come to fruition. When I come home, every evening, meals on the table. It's just what I expected. I knew that that's what would happen, because that's what my mum used to do, and I expected in my marriage as well. And I expect and I think And I demand, and when you cease to deliver, then we run into issues. Meanwhile, the subservient member of the partnership, no one sort of detects the fade of the glint in the eye. And the sparkle's gone. And where'd the romance go? Where'd the intimacy go? Number three, when desires transition to expectations and a relationship is built around the big I, me. Then another way you can deal with it is compromise. Okay, you have your money, I'll have my money. You go on your holiday, I'll go on my holiday. You have your friends, I'll have my friends. I'll buy the big bad car and you get the little car with the fluffy dice and the mag wheels and the personalised plates. And we'll even it up that way. And well, when it comes to Christmas, we'll do this. Next year we'll do that. Birthday time, I buy a present for me, you buy a present for you. That way we get what we want. See, so we compromise. And see, compromise, a relationship that is living in compromise, is still a relationship that is centered around I. I. Because it is just another way of dealing with your expectations. Because I get to do what I want to do, and you can get to do what you want to do. And if you do what I want you to do, then you can do what I want you to do. Get that? Want me to repeat it? I hope not. It's a win win. No, it ain't, because that, according to Scripture, is not a marriage or a relationship. That's a contract. A relationship, a marriage that we're talking about is a covenant. Nowhere in Scripture will you find anywhere where the Lord commands you to be dedicated, wait for me, before you throw a chair, dedicated to the relationship or to the marriage. I don't want Linda to be dedicated to my marriage, to our marriage. I don't want Linda to be dedicated in that way. I want Linda and she wants me to be dedicated not to the institution, but to the person. Marriage is the descriptor. The person is the goal. Do you get it? One of the things that is a marker that your marriage could be In the season of compromises, man, I'm really worried about my marriage. You know, I've got to do something to save my marriage. You know, I'm really worried about my relationship. I've really, really got to do something to rescue my relationship. The Lord is very clear in Scripture. A successful relationship, a successful marriage is not written on a piece of paper and stuck on the wall. It's the person that you live with is the person and the thing that demands your attention. The difference between a contract and a covenant is huge. A contract is something that if you're smart or arrogant, ignorant, whatever way you want to put it, you can break it. Covenant, mm A covenant means that I am dedicated not to a description, I'm dedicated to a person. We all have desires and dreams and imaginations of how things are going to unfold in any relationship. We all have those aspirations, There's nothing wrong with that. We all have those, those things that we, we hope are going to unfold. But if that subtle, insidious translation from here to here happens in the relationship and it's centred around I, you'll find that you'll have issues. You know, when you operate under a compromise relationship, marriage, and there's many of them, um, It's not until you break this expectation for the other person that things will begin to fracture and fragment. Same with conquer, same with cut. The three have the same characteristic of earthquake, of Richter scale. Because if you're the kind of person that is struggling to live up to the other's expectation, what does that actually mean if you meet that expectation? You ever thought about that? How about if you struggle to clear the bar and you clear the bar? Do we throw a party? Do we have a celebration? Well, let me ask you this. Those that are advancing in years and have a mortgage... When was the last time from your bank you received a lovely letter saying, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Hunter, we're so pleased that you have been meeting your mortgage payments for the last 42 years. You've never never missed a payment and we're just so happy that you are one of our customers. And to that end, please find enclosed a lovely gift voucher for you and your family. And we hope that Justin and Elise and Courtney are doing quite fine as well. And because we didn't know what their tastes were, we figured that at least we would put you on notice that um, in due course we'll send out three letters to them thanking them for their contribution into the family and uh, accompanying their letters will be a gift voucher as well. Ever had that from your bank? No. No. Simply because your mortgage payments is an expectation. It's not until you miss a few. Then you'll get a lovely letter and it'll be personalised. And if you miss a few more, guess what? You may even get a phone call. You know why? Because you've broken the contract. You are not meeting expectation. Therefore, we will have to take some action. Hmm. Men and women, girls and boys... Always come into relationships with their, as I said, their desires and their dreams and imaginations and their goals. Nothing wrong with that. But if those dreams and goals and desires morph themselves selves into expectations in the relationship that are centered around. I. then the first thing that will usually disappear out of a relationship is romance, intimacy, community, contentment. You can stand at the altar. You can stand, might want to get that. You can stand in line at McDonald's with your expectations, that have been built from your desires. If your expectations remain centered on yourself, then eat quickly. Because a relationship that is centered around two eyes is possibly destined to be fractured and have issues in closing, I say this. Those things that God promises that will develop in a relationship, community, contentment, comfort, connection, will all depend on what goes in the box. And I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that perhaps someone over the last three weeks has mentioned a passage of Scripture. Ephesians 5, and I'll finish with this. Ephesians 5 starts this way, this little passage that Paul writes on marriage and relationship. Wives, what? Submit to your husbands, but he doesn't leave it there. Did anyone talk about this? Okay, all right, I'll be brief. Wives, submit to your husbands. As to the Lord and husbands, you do the same. So what does that actually mean? Wives, you need to make sure that my expectations are met. Is that what the Lord's saying? Or the Lord is saying, husbands, you need to make sure that your wives' expectations are being met. Your desires are have transformed into expectations and for you to meet both expectations, that's what's going to ensure a happy marriage. That's not what Scripture says. Because Scripture says, a relationship that is built around I is destined for doom. A relationship that is built around the Father is a relationship that has the best chance of longevity. But what does that mean? I'm almost done. What does that actually mean? It means this. Lord, <clears throat> you, uh, you've been really pulling a number on my life the last 30 years. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, I was, <laughs> man, I was a real jerk and 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 now i'm not well yeah i am you know people but not as big as i used to be and and i thank you for the forgiveness and and i thank you for for you know linda and the kids and all that kind of and and look you know we've got a good thing going here What, what what can i do for you you know what god says according to scripture he says this you want to show your appreciation you show your appreciation by unconditional love that I have shown to you, you have unconditional love and pour yourself out for the person that is in your relationship. That's what God us. To dedicate yourself not to the descriptor but to dedicate yourself to the person. Really? Is that what you want to do? Lord, can't we sort of work on something else? Like, can't I just pay 11% tithe or something like that? Or, you know, do I go to church twice on the weekend? No, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says this. If you want to show your love for me, show your love in the same way that I show my love for you, you show it to your partner. That's it. Full stop. Exclamation mark. Bold it. Underline it. Italicize it. That's what Paul is saying when he says, Wives, submit to your husbands like the Lord has to the church. And husbands, you do the same. Submit and serve your wives or your girlfriend, not if you're married, your girlfriend, the way that the Lord treats you, you treat the other. Otherwise, The danger is, ladies and gentlemen, that the desires that you have for your relationship, if they become expectations, then the danger is sooner or later you'll cut or you'll conquer or you'll compromise. And because of that, there's a great possibility that you'll crumble. Put God in the middle of your relationship. Young people, if you're not married yet, that's what should be in the middle. Those of us that are married, put God in the middle. Not you, but God. Serve God, serve your partner. That's a covenant not just a contract. Lord, I want to thank you for the messages that we've had and enjoyed the last few weeks on this series, Man Versus Wife. And this brings it to a close. And Lord, we just ask that from this point forward that we contemplate the unconditional love that we are to show the other person. How do we build, how do we start a relationship? How do we build a relationship? How do we maintain a relationship? And for some, it'll be how do we end a relationship nicely? Lord, constantly in scripture remind us it's not about me. It's about you. It's about the other person. Lord, thank you for the gift of marriage. Thank you for the gift of the opposite sex. Thank you for the gift of relationships. Thank you for the gift of community in the church. Lord, may we support each other, may we encourage each other to have strong, healthy relationships. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: So long, and I need some shelter. I just want to be closer to. So